Welcome to the Clash Music Interviews Podcast. In this episode, we speak to one of the most powerful figures in the music industry today, and arguably the best rapper alive, Jay-Z. Clash spoke to him about his thoughts on the overuse of auto-tune, his parents' record collection, and why he doesn't want to get into politics. First, he tells us about his new release, Blueprint 3, its collaborators, and explains Kanye West's involvement with the album. Uh, actually started out here, man. It started in Manchester. Manchester. Yeah, Kanye brought me a, a CD full of beats. It was they were all sequenced. Like this is the album. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I th- that was pretty much the foundation for what would become Blueprint Three. It just all evolved from there. He just left the tracks. He left them with me. I took them, and uh, you know, sometimes I would send him what I had done. And this was really cool this time around because Kanye is Kanye. When the first blueprint, he was a new guy, but he didn't have any opinion on anything. He just, he laid the beat, he was happy to have a beat. You know, now he's Kanye, you know. So now we're going in the uh, studio and we're having these tug of wars yeah. over the direction of the song or how it is to sound and things like that it was fantastic. Uh, I had a trilogy before when I had the Lifetime series, I had volume one, two, and uh, three. And uh, I've skipped over it for a bunch of albums, and I just thought it would be very appropriate to go back to it because the first blueprint was, you know, a return to my uh, roots. It was like the soul samples that I grew up listening to. And um, this one sets the blueprint for the next generation so because we are becoming those icons yeah. that we looked up to. You know, for this generation, kids look up to us that way. And uh, I just wanted to return to making music like that. That's why I call this a new classic. If you listen to the sound, they were lush, like, you know. I just wanted to use, I wanted to approach it like that. I didn't want to approach it with any any formulas in mind. I wanted it to feel like, you know, classic music, but with new subjects, of course. Kanye wasn't on the song till two days ago. It just felt like, the drums to me felt like Jesus walks, so I just kept hearing him on it. Usually, that's how collaborations happen for me. I don't pick people you out of the air, and I, you know, if I'm in someone's zone, I say, "Man, this will sound good if so and so was on it." Yeah. I like anyone who's who I'm collaborating with to bring their flavor and their energy to the track. Mm-hmm. You know, or else why get them? You're free to do whatever, yeah. you know, do what you feel. Because the reason I came to you is because of this, you know. I even like to be recorded in Hawaii. And he was like, I'm telling you it's a good vibe down in Hawaii. And I'm like, Hawaii? All right. It was a pay vibe, actually. Yeah. You got DOA in Hawaii. So, you know, it worked out. La, da, da, da. Rapper to rewrite history without a pen No ID on the track, let the story begin Begin, begin This is anti-auto-tune, death of the ringtone This ain't for iTunes, this ain't for sing-alongs This is Sinatra at the opera, bring a blonde Preferably with a fat ass who can sing a song Wrong, this ain't politically correct uh, This might offend my political connects uh, 
have melodies. This shit make niggas want go and commit felonies. It's me challenging the industry, or at least having making people have the dialogue, you know, to talk about this. You know, anytime something is overused to a point where it becomes a gimmick, you know, it's time to move on, you know. So it's not really, I'm not really putting anyone down. People took it as a diss record. It's not really a diss record. But, I mean, I like some songs with all the time. I don't, I don't like a million. <laughs> right? I, if, I, if I hear ten, I'm good. If I hear a million, I'm not good. Yeah, exactly. It's all part of a bigger thing, you know, because of the internet and everything, you know, the sales are down on music 20%. So, you know, before, like an artist like Redman could put out a record and not have a single or number one single at all and sell 500,000 records, you know? Now that's not going to happen. So, right now, artists are all going for the biggest exposure they can get. So, everyone's trying to get on the radio, you know, because the radio gives you all these impressions and give yourself, which is understandable, gives yourself a bigger chance to sell records. So, all the music is trying to fit in this one lane. You know, so all of it sounds the same because everyone's trying to get on the radio. You know what I'm saying? In a moment, we'll hear what Jay thinks about Obama's first term. But now, having talked about the song, he goes on to break down the concept of the video for it, Death of Autotune. I think it's all part of one thing. That the visuals are part of the music, you know, at that point. Because that's art as well. Yeah. You know, when you make a video that marries the music you made, when you nail it like that, it's just... Great. I wanted someone who represented New York, and he was like a bit to the left, like you know, Robin De Niro's Howie Cartel, but it's like the same character, you know. All those things are like metaphors for like taking things back to the basic. It's yeah. just me doing everything. That warehouse represented my house. When I pulled the car up and went upstairs, that was represented my house, and I was in my house getting a haircut. So I was just doing real, you know, shedding all the bullshit, you know eating, playing cards, and just doing regular things and playing basketball, right? It just I just wanted it to feel like if you went past Frank Sinatra's house in the 60s, you don't know who would have been there. Sammy Davis would have been there Monday and Marilyn Monroe Tuesday, and you know, I wanted to feel like that. So it's Harvey Cartel playing cards with and LeBron James playing basketball with, but it was really just ordinary, normal, everyday things. And the explosions and all that was like, okay, let's get rid of all the gimmicks. Let's get rid of all the gimmicks and get back to basics where we can make real music. It's going great. You guys have a lot to deal with, you know. I mean, it's going as well as it can go, you know. You're going to try some things. You're going to miss on some things. But you got to try. You can't do anything. You can't not do anything. So... Um, I like his courage. I like his courage, and uh, I think he's uh, handling the job rather well. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of challenging issues, and you know, it's gonna take time. Yeah, I think he's the only president that we could have right now, this particular time, with direction and how everything was going and how we were being perceived around the world. You know, I think that changed the minute he got in. Like he felt like a world president. Like there were people in. France and London and everywhere cheering. Politics is too much about the perception of fashion. You've never stole anything, you've never done anything, you can't lie, you can't say anything inappropriate or people calling for your job and I don't think that's possible to attain. We're all flawed human beings, you know, so in eight years I may say something inappropriate. <laughs> right? <laughs> Not one thing either, like a ton of things, you know, so 
Yeah, I don't, I don't see me going into politics. People ask me that all the time. It's weird. By the way, I never thought I would ever be asked that question. You know, the responsibility of an artist is to make great albums, right? But after that, I mean, you now you you have a voice. Now, you know, you tend to use it to speak out on certain issues. Or, I mean, like you know, I went to Africa with MTV with Water for Life, and you know, I thought that was a fantastic way of using my voice, right, to a problem that's. You know, it's water. I mean, we take for granted. I just hoping this bottle of water is probably eight dollars or something. You know, there's people that walk miles and miles for water. You know. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Narrow, but I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway. Pull me back to that McDonald's, took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street, off-white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out that bed stop, home of that boy Biggie. Now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me. Say what up to Tata, still sipping my top, sitting courtside. Knicks and Nets give me high five. Nigga, I be spiked out. I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from. I'm, I'm not really a person that really talks about how I feel and you know things like I mean my whole family's like that we pretty much hold a lot in so me making music that's like therapy for me like really you know give me a chance to express my emotions and things that's going on my family had a huge record collection so I, we listened to everything Prince, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, The Commodores, uh, Marvin Gaye, um, my mom had rap records, uh, King James III, you know, Fatback, don't you hesitate. Like, she had Jimmy Spicer, he me a super sperm. I can hear all these records, Richard Pryor um, records. You know, I just sneak and listen to them, cussing all of them. Um, Al Green, I mean, just everything. Our house was, the whole living room was stacked with records, it was crates. They made a makeshift war unit. Where it was like two crates, a boy, then two crates, a boy, you know, and in between it was the, I mean, the reel of reel was on top, then the amp and the turntable, and all those crates was records, then records and boxes just everywhere. When, you know, I was growing up and it was everywhere. You know, guys was outside rapping and, you know, making crews and, you know, they would bring the music outside and plug it into a lamp and play outside and, you know, throw these on the spot parties, black parties. So it was everywhere, but the fact that it was in the home just made it normal. Still to come, Jay explains why he thinks the album is still a valid format and why he didn't put American Gangster on iTunes. But before that, he talks about the importance of live shows. A lot of times people have a hit before they've ever been on stage. 
that's what happened music, you know, you put the song out, the song catches fire, and then people are booking you. You've never played a live show, so now you're in front of 50,000 people. You've never played. What are you going to do? You, you grab your dick, right? Hey, oh, oh, the fuck? Start and scream. You got, Turn the music up. You don't know what else to say, right? You know, you've never played a show, you know? So I think it's just lack of experience. Like, the more, I mean, I played more shows than, you know, a lot of rappers, you know? Um, you'll find that now people are paying attention to the live show because they're seeing the level of production. They're seeing, you know, what we're doing. You know, so now they know that's a very intricate part of entertaining. So now people are paying more attention to the live show. But before, it was just music and you played the show and you just got out there. They're both equally great for different reasons. You know, like the smaller shows, intimate, and then you could play records that won't work in a 50,000 seat venue. You know, some records are just these niche little things that only 1,500 people know. Yeah. I mean, really know, like your core fans that you, you know, you get to play different records and the more intimate setting, people are right there with you. And then the live show, just the bigness of it. And just, it just, you start feeling like, you know, big. It's a fantastic feeling. I love playing live. My approach is to still make a full album. And even in the sequence, I'm thinking about you listening to the record. And I don't want to interrupt your good time. I don't want to put a record that's way over here and then put, I try to put like records together so it makes sense and tells a type of story and it just moves. So I still make albums and, you know, however a person decides to listen to the music, I can't dictate that. Except for in the case of like, American Gangster. I wouldn't let iTunes sell it because I didn't want to break it up. Only because it was a concept album. You know, it pretty much was a concept album and you don't, you know, a movie director doesn't sell scenes of his movie. But all the other albums I let iTunes have. So, um, you know, I can't dictate how someone listens to music. But my approach when I make an album is to make a piece of music. You should isolate yourself from my recording. Because making an album and uh, doing music is current events. It's really a rundown of where you are in your life at that time. This music thing, I, I got to pretty much save my life. I don't know what I'd be doing without it, you know? So I think it's my responsibility to protect it and leave it intact in a great place. And, you know, and it's Kanye's responsibility to leave it to the next generation and so on and so forth, you know? Making music, I've been in the forefront of music for so long, and people are like, man, you got to let the new guys in. What are you talking about? Like, that never happened in the history of the world. It doesn't work like that, you know? You have to claim your spot. No one's in your way. It doesn't mean if I stop making music tomorrow, anyone's gonna be, like, you don't get elected. The people decide that, you know? And whether I'm here or not, they move me out the way. And when it's your time, people say, okay. Yeah. You've been listening to the Clash Music Interviews Podcast. This episode featured Jay-Z, who was interviewed by Adam at Clash. It was produced in the Radio Magnetic Studio by Inner Ear for Clash. To read more on Jay-Z and his new album, Blueprint 3, go to clashmusic.com. Catch me at the X with OG at a Yankee game. Shit, I made the Yankee hat more famous than a Yankee king. You should know I bleed blue, but I ain't a crypto. But I got a gang of niggas walking with my click though. Welcome to the melting pot. Corners where we selling rock. Africa been by the shit. Home of the hip-hop. Yellow cap, gypsy cap, dollar cap, holla back. For foreigners, it ain't fair. They act like they forgot how to act. 
eight million stories out there in the naked city. It's a pity half of y'all won't make it. Me, I got a plug special, and I got it made. If Jesus paying LeBron.